so good having all you here today. Man, praise God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Last Sunday, I don't want to, to slip our, our, our understanding of what God did in and through y'all. Last Sunday, we saw over 120 volunteers serve about a little over 2,000 guests that showed up at Easter in Woodstock. Praise the Lord. Man, I was so blessed. Lives coming down to the tent afterwards for prayer and for ministry. And, and um, I, Amy and I got to pray for this one sweetheart of a little lady. And as we prayed for her, the presence of God got on her. And she just began to tremble under the touch of the Lord. And um, only God can do that. Amen? You can't worship that enough. You can't preach into that enough. You can't. I mean, you can bring it all to the table. But when the presence of God shows up, that's what makes the difference. Amen? That's what makes it. Everybody shout, Better. Say it one more time, better. Man, I want, I want services around here to get better. Come on, somebody. Amen. I mean, I want God's presence, his tangible touch to be in this house. Amen. And so over the next few weeks, we're starting this new series, and it's called Better, and we're so glad you're here. If you are a guest, again, Pastor Stephanie said it, but listen, if you are a guest with us because of Easter, we want to know that, all right? We, it means so much to us. Um, everything that we put into that day, we want to know you're here today. So please take that extra effort just to fill that card out and let us know that you're here. Um, second time with Momentum, but first time in our building. And at the end of the service, Amy and I, we're in a room down the end of the hall here the next steps room we'd love to get to to meet you guys so what I want you to do is open your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 10 Luke chapter 10 and we're going to get into this first teaching in the better series and we want to look at what it means to take our good lives and to make them better I, I believe many of us we get stuck in the good you know what I'm saying because things are good life's good things are decent and so we just kind of get satisfied with good and I believe God doesn't want you satisfied with good his word says that he wants you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers say prosper that's a good word I know sometimes with televangelists, we hear the prosperity message, and, and we think, oh my gosh, you know, talking about prosperity like that, I'm saying the idea that all that God has that he desires you to walk in, that kind of peace that he wants you to walk in, that kind of assurance that he wants you to walk in, that kind of confidence in the face of struggle that he wants you to walk in, all those things, you know, God wants to bring that kind of life, that better life to you. And so today we're going to be looking at that first step, but let me, let me talk about better real quick before we get started, all right? I like steak. How many here like steak? All right, I know, if you're a vegan, I get it. We voted on it, and that few percent, you know, I'm sorry, okay? God bless your little hungry hearts, okay? But I do like steak, and I love medium rare. How many could eat their steak medium rare? Jesus is in the house. And I've always eaten my steak medium rare ever since I was a little boy because I saw daddy eat his steak medium rare. And so men eat their steak medium rare. We want it moving, you know. And so that's how life was for me always. And, and I want to be like dad. And so I've eaten medium rare steak my whole life, never even thinking of anything different. And um, one day I had a supper with a man named Andy Blair's Pastor Corey's brother. And for a season, Pastor um, Andy, he had worked for a season at Ruth's Chris. That's some good steak. I'm used to Golden Corral, but still, if you can't get good, get more. <laughs> Come on, somebody. 
<laughs> oh, man. Somebody write that down. That's one of the funniest things I've ever said in my whole life. Just, just write that down. But, but we, went, we went to eat a steak, and I said, I'm going to have, we were at Longhorns over here on Town Lake, and I'm going to have a ribeye. And I like a ribeye because they're, they're always just crazy. You feel like a Flintstone when you're eating a ribeye, you know? And, 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 and marvelous family. It's just awesome, and it's big, and it's fat. Through, and, and I could order it medium rare. And he goes, oh, you don't want to do that. And I'm like, you're going to get punched. This is what I eat medium rare because I'm a man, you know. And um, <laughs> he's like, no, no, you don't want to do that because a ribeye, you need to cook it a little hotter, a little longer, because the fats and the different things that go through it that make it so good, you'll never know unless you cook it a little longer because then it melts it and it breaks into the meat. And the Holy Ghost gets involved. <laughs> I'm serious. You cook that ribeye a little longer, and it gets the baptism of the Holy Spirit. A touch of God comes on that steak. Like you. And so I didn't believe him. And I, all right, go ahead. We'll, we'll, we'll listen. He was paying for the meal, okay? We'll get it that way. Oh, heaven in my mouth. It was, it was like angels dancing on my tongue. It was, it was glory. How many of you ever had a, a ribeye, and you, you cook it medium? Okay. Cad. I did not know. See, you all know this, but I, I was a cad, a cad. I did not know this is a steak. So, you know, I didn't realize that. Oh, my goodness. So now I'm out hiking with my journey group, guys, and um, we're coming back from a six-day hike, and we're hungry, and we're going to eat at a roadhouse, and we're going to get this bone-in ribeye kind of experience. Guys, you got to have it medium. No, we're men. And, please. And, you know, the thing about it was, just like Andy told me, he said, trust me. I was like, guys, listen, trust me. And just yesterday at men's breakfast, I was talking to Mitch about it. And, man, he's dropping Amy and I off. We're going on a hike. Amy and I are going on almost a 90-mile hike in about two weeks. It's going to be awesome. Right? <laughs> We're a little worried. We've been playing this for years. But, but the thing is, Mitch is going to drop us. And I told him, I said, you know, we'll get you a nice steak meal. And he, oh, can we go to Roadhouse? Can I get a ribeye? Yeah, get whatever you want, you know. And, um, and so then he said, I forgot about that medium is the way to go. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I told you, trust me. And those guys, they loved it. It changed, it changed the world. <laughs> and so all I want to tell you is trust me over the next few weeks. Listen, you have got to let go of the good to grab hold of the better, period. All right. Can I say it one more time? Let go of the good to grab hold of the better. you got to stop settling for the good life when God has something even better for you. And here in this story, we see two sisters, a Mary and a Martha. I want you to stand to your feet as we honor God's word. And I just want to read through this. Luke 10, 38 through 42. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now, this is the house of Lazarus. This is Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. They're brothers and sisters, and they're here in this home in Bethany. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Can you picture Mary just at the feet of Jesus? Isn't that beautiful? Just sitting there listening to everyone, taking in everything the master, our rabboni, has to say. Just listening to, just hanging on it. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the feet, but Martha was distracted with much serving. Say distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. And I love this. But the Lord answered and said, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> you didn't know that was in the Bible, did you? Martha, Martha, you are anxious 
and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion. Some translations say the better portion, the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Father, right now as we go into this today, help us to choose the good portion. Help us be those that's not distracted with much, but those that know the one thing. Those that focus in on that, which makes life truly better. In Jesus' name, everybody say real loud, amen. 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 Go ahead and have your seat. That better thing, that better thing that we see here, she was focused in on, everybody say better thing. And what that was, that was the portion that was tied to the presence of of God. That's what it was. The other lady, Mary, she's serving her heart, or Martha's serving her heart out, just doing and doing and doing. And there's some people when they think of Christianity, that's where their mind goes. I don't want to be a Christian. Good night, you know. You've got to do this, you got to do that, you can't do this, you got to do this, you can't, can't you be doing right now. I mean, just think about it. Sunday mornings, on a Sunday morning, what else could you be doing right now? And for many people, for a, just being honest, And for many people, for a long time, maybe you're here today going, I can't believe I've come here. I came out at Easter last week, and I thought, I'm going to come back. Wow, it's almost a habit. Praise God. (laughs) But I'm with you. I get it. You know, if I, but a lot of times in mindset, you think, as Christians, it's, well, man, that means I got to get up Sunday morning. That means I got to, you know, stop doing this, stop doing this, stop doing this. I got to start doing this, start doing this, and start doing this. And, And it can seem like a burden, like Mary running, or Martha running all around the house, serving, doing, doing, doing. And Mary, all she's doing is just in the presence of Jesus. She's just sitting before his, she's choosing the best portion. Now listen, I want you to still serve, amen? We wouldn't have accomplished last week if we did it. But Pastor Stephanie's looking at me like, you're crossing a line. <laughs> she was getting ready for the throat punch. I could tell it. I could just feel it. Over, she's over our volunteers if you're a guest with us. But, but the thing with it is I want you to still serve. But, man, that's not the best portion. The best portion is this daily existence in the presence of God. And, and that sounds like mysterious and mystical. And No, no, no. I, I, for Mary, for Mary, it was just there in the presence of a physical Jesus. Now, Jesus now is just as real, but we sense him through the Spirit of God. And it's just a mindset that we are dwelling and choosing to chase after the better and not be so focused on the lesser things and to allow the things of God to captivate our heart and to captivate our mind. And when we do that, it affects everything. It just does changes everything. It'll change your worldview. It'll change your, your heart. It'll change what makes you happy, what makes you sad. It changes everything the presence of Jesus does. And Jesus looked at Mary and said, or Martha, and said, listen, she's chosen the right thing. She's chosen the best thing. And what she has chosen can never be taken from her. You know, I love that. Because you might be able to walk in some finances, but finances can be taken from you. But man, if you've learned to walk with God when you've been in good finances, and you've been learning how to be faithful and interact with Jesus during the good season, and now it's all gone, guess what? It's all right. Because you still got Jesus. You're still walking with him. You still sense him. You're still hearing his voice. You know? And so I want to read this. In, in Psalms 84, it says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord, my heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. First core value of Momentum Church is that we have intimacy with God. We live to, exp- not, not we live, not we live to visit God on Sunday. 
Not, not we live to have an expression once in a while. No, we live to have a walk with God, to experience God. And you know what's neat about that? that that's God in your victories. And that's God when you're struggling and stumbling. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. That's God when you're on the mountain. And that's God when you're in the, the valley. But the thing about it here is, is my soul longs. It even faints for the courts of the Lord. In the Old Testament, the idea of the courts of the Lord, that points to the presence of God. Because physically, the presence of God, in that time, God chose to dwell amongst men through the temple. Okay, And so to get close to God, you had to get close to that holy of holies. You had to get to the courts. You had to get to the presence of God that way. But now, the Bible says that you are the dwelling place of God, that you are a temple of God, and that you as a church, that we're built up lively stones, each one of us, like a stone connected together that God indwells. So you don't have to go visit God. In other words, it's not about Sunday morning, although this is a great place to be on Sunday morning. Amen. But it's not about Sunday morning. It's about an ongoing daily hunger. Man, my soul longs, it faints to be in the presence of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. And I love this. In verse 10, all right, I'd like for us to almost memorize this if we can today, okay? It says, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. That's good. Can, you, can we read that together? Verse 10, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. You all say it. Let me hear you. Ready for a? Think you can say it with your eyes closed? I'm going to get you to memorize some scripture today. Close your eyes. Man, that was like scripture and tongues all together. Anyway, I love what it says. It says, I'm good. I'm real proud of you. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's better than anywhere. And I love what it says. It says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wickedness, you know? Every usher in the house, praise God for you, you know? Every door greeter in the house, praise God for you. But here he says, I would rather have this low, if you will, the lowest job in the temple, if you will, just to be close to his presence. And what's neat is I'd rather have anything, I'd rather not have anything of this world if I can just be close to Jesus. And what's neat is, guess what? You can. He, he, he's ever with us, an ever-present help in time of need. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us, you know? And we can dwell in his house in a mindset. Say mindset. We can dwell in his house forever. We can dwell in this mindset, this place. I can, I can God, you abide with me and I with you, and that changes everything about my perspective. Now watch this, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O oh, Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. To me, when I read that last portion, it sounds like blessing and mindfulness. That God has a whole lot for us, but we need to be mindful of him. We need to trust him. We need to include him into our life and vice versa, have this experience with him. And I want to talk about that because it says better is one day. Say it one more time. Better is one day. So better is one day with God than any other kind of day anywhere, period. Think of the best day that you possibly can have, and it's better than that day. Think of that day where every calorie you ate had no, every food, piece of food you ate had no calories. Better than that day. 
better than that. You know? This is the, the day we can have with the Lord. And so why would you want to wake up early and go to some dead, boring church service? I get it. That's not Christianity to me. And I'm not saying because we're trying to stack up a better church service than the church service down the street. Trust me, will you listen to me? This church service right here, over time, will get old and dead and boring to you if you don't press in. And the same thing can be happening. I'm just being honest. And you're empty. And the same thing can be happening. And there's got to be something more. And your preacher will look at you and say, you are absolutely right. There is something more. It's that day with the Lord. That's what's more. Those who pursue that day with the Lord, man, over time they face stuff. And yes, they'll have dips. I'm not saying we won't. But there's this ongoing building and it stops being about even friends and it stops being about what I can do and it just starts to be about who I am and who he is. And, and it just, it's a beautiful thing to have a day with the Lord. And so I, I, I'm with you. And if you're here today and you're kind of kicking tires on this Christian faith, I give you an out. I'm going to tell you right now, if that's all it is, is coming to church. Think about some, how we were raised up. Coming to church, legalism right? Judgment from people, you know, uh, making yourself and others miserable, the way of the Lord. <laughs> now, that's a slogan for our churches, you know? No, that's, that's if, but that, I get it. If you're here and you're looking, I get it completely that, that that's not attractive to me either. I wouldn't want that, you know? A lot of that I can get at the country club. A lot of that I can get in a different kind of civic or charitable organization. I don't, I don't want that. And I even get the idea of sin and trading off sin for righteousness. And, and Ross, man, there's just, I understand you're saying greater is one day with the Lord than elsewhere. But I've had some pretty dang good elsewheres. Being honest, I'm just talking to some folk here today. Maybe the rest of you are just too spiritual, okay. But I'm being honest. How many, at one time or another, you had some pretty good dang elsewheres? Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. It's like a sneeze. It's like a sneeze. Sneezes feel great, don't they? How many likes to have a good sneeze? I mean, just, I mean, just a good, don't you? But the problem with the sneeze is, if you're not ready for it, all right, eventually, now you got something to deal with. So yeah, 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 I mean, I get it. I was there too. Every one of us in this room have our stories of failure and sins, and, and, and it's attractive, and, it's, and, it, and now, now I, got, I got to handle this, you know? What I love about God is he will enter into this relationship with you and help you handle this mess, amen? And so all I'm saying, if you're here and you're kicking the tires on faith, I get it. If the church hasn't done the best job of presenting what one day with God actually looks like, and it makes you think it's a Sunday experience that we all go and we put on airs, and we're one way on Sunday and a different way through the week, you know, or... We don't put on airs, and we're hurting, but we don't feel like we measure up because we are hurting. We don't feel like we measure up because we are struggling with sin. No, 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 no. You know, I think if the enemy of our heart can't get us just pulled out of God's best, if you will, by gross sin, just, just a, a drawing to the world, he'll just push you out with self-righteousness. He don't care how he gets you as long as he makes you miserable, you know. As long as it just pushes you one way or the other. Does that make sense? But that's not the one day I'm talking about, all right? There's a one day kind of experience. Better is one day with God than a thousand elsewhere. So for those that haven't ever experienced a day with God, 
like that, that may just sound kind of stupid, you know? But it's because you haven't experienced a day with him yet. Amen? Because a day with God is better because with Christ, listen, here's a few things. Number one, with Christ, you have the forgiveness of sins. That's awesome. You can go through life knowing you're not perfect, but you're forgiven. Now, at Momentum, we always say this, that you come as you are, but we don't want you to stay as you came. And that, but that's not an overnight thing. There's patience there and love. And I love how the Bible says the righteous man falls six times, but the seventh time he stands. Man, we're there with you every time, every time. Come on, buddy. Come on. We got this, buddy. Come on. You know? And I love it. But then there's a thing, though, where it's like the forgiveness of sins. God, I am forgiven. And you're causing me to rise up above my sin. You're causing me to rise up above that. And I'm finding victory. And as I'm finding victory, I'm helping others to find victory and help. And not judging, but helping them. The Bible calls it exhortation. I'm spurning them on. Come on, you can do it. It's not, yeah, I'm miserable, you're miserable, both miserables, you know, poor us. It's, man, I'm a mess, you're a mess. Come on, Jesus isn't. Let's look to him. Let's look to him and let's go forward in what God has for us. Man, God loves that. God just gravitates to that and brings victory and brings hope and brings strength and brings a better, if you will, day. A day with God is better because you have the security of knowing that you're in the family of God. You're not alone. That's the worst thing the enemy can do is just to make you feel alone. Even in the um, New Testament, it'll talk about in the old King James, it'll say God doesn't want you to feel like a bastard. That's a heavy word. Take it up with King James, okay? But that's a fatherless child. It's someone that's an orphan. You, there's not an orphan in here if you don't want to be. Amen? There's a family. That's what Pastor Brantley's putting together for next week, that whole journey group connect. And this isn't just an advertisement for that, but that, that, that's what it's, man, you connect with some people in life, and that's family. That's part of that one day, that experiencing life with, with God. You have a day where there's unspeakable joy, the Bible says, and there's fullness that radiates God's glory in your life or his presence in your life. And what's beautiful about that is that's joy that's unspeakable. It's not happiness because happiness is connected to happenings, and happenings can happen to you that you don't want, and it affects your happiness. No, it's joy. It's undergirded joy that only dwelling in the presence of God can bring. And you have a joy that's based on that relationship with God. It's a day with God. A day with God is just something where, to me, the supernatural peace of God shows up. A day with God is an opportunity at times where supernatural power will show up. I love it when you're out and you're talking with somebody, and next thing the Lord knows, there was a drunk guy coming out of racetrack two nights ago. I mean, he, he, was, he, was, he was coming, boy. And I'm just thinking, I don't know how much more he can put in them. But then I realized the whole car that he was going to, they were all drunk. And so now I'm waiting at the door, and, and, and he's trying to get in. <coughs> and I can just tell he don't seem right. And he's got this old patch. And I'm thinking, man, this guy looks sick, not just drunk. And, and I look in. I'm like, is he all right? And no, no, he's got cancer. Well, can I pray with him? Yes, please. And next thing you know, I start praying. These people start reaching through the door, grabbing my arm and pulling me into the car to lay hands on them, to pray with them, you know? Did, did everything change in that moment for them? I don't know. But they left knowing that God loves them. And obviously, I told them where we were and looked at the driver to be sure he wasn't drunk, and he seemed sober, thank God. And 
but just broke my heart. But you don't know what God's going to do. His power through your life, touching people's lives, you know. A day with God is better because of the provision of God. Can't tell you how many times, even in the midst of the worst lack that Amy and I walked through, we would see his presence provide, you know? And sometimes, as you all know, our, our greater story, we won't go too far into that today, but, you know, even when that was eaten out of a dumpster, you know, God would provide, you know? Adelie Ray one day said, Daddy, it's been so long since we've had ribs. And she's right. And that night, frozen package of ribs right there. Thank you, Aldi's. Thank you, Jesus. You know, right there on the top in a perfect little box, you know. And I never told Allie that's where it was coming from. <laughs> but even those dark experiences as we were growing the church just blessed my socks off, you know. And so the thing with it I'm not saying is no more trials, all right. That's not what I mean by better is a day with the Lord. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying this, a day going through hell is a whole lot easier to handle when I'm going through it with God. Hey. And there's some folk going through some stuff in here today. But I'm telling you right now, that day going through with God is a whole lot easier to handle. And so any day with God is better. Amen. Shout better. April 15th has come and passed. But it was a better day because Jesus was in your life. And I filed an extension. Hallelujah. <laughs> I had Easter stuff coming. I didn't feel like dealing with it. All right. So when it comes down to it, if better is one day with God, how do we have that day with him? What's that look like? All right, Ross, I love that. Don't, it's fun to get people hyped up, right? You know, preachers in the house, yeah, exciting. A day with God is wonderful. But how? You can't just preach biblical ought-tos without some practical how-tos, right? And so if you're here today, man, just lean in on the front of your seat because we're going to tell you a few ways that you can live this out practically. How is a day better with him? How do we have a day with him? Okay? And, and for years, this is kind of my mindset. When it comes to having a day with God, Bible study and prayer. That makes sense, right? Right? And, and I'm not going to down Bible study and prayer. We need the Word of God in us, and we need times of prayer, all right? But I want you to look at this, because a lot of times when you think Bible study and prayer, that becomes what we call in the church devotional time. I'm showing my devotion to the Lord, and I'm experiencing his word, his presence. I'm praying. It's this devotional time with God. And so that's my spiritual time. But in a sense, if that's the case, if that's where our mindset goes, that spiritual time for some might be on Sunday, and that's it. That spiritual time for others might be once a month, and that's it, you know? That spiritual time for others may be a couple times a week, and that's it. Or maybe even every morning like Pastor Brantley with his coffee at 2 a.m. I know it's not that early, but it's pretty early, so, you know? But, but, but the mindset that we got to be careful of is this, spiritual time and the rest of time. Devotional time and normal time. Because what happens is we start to compartmentalize our time with God, and it gets better in a sense, but that better is put in a box. You know, This is when I do this. And then I can just kind of forget about it the rest of the time. Work in your life, bringing you some victory. I'm not saying that, that you have your time and that's it, and you never think about God, and you go right back out in the world. No. <laughs> it's just you have that time, and that's it, and now my mind's on everything else. And a few days can go by, and oh, man, that's right. I wonder what God thinks about this, you know? 
And so my challenge to us is don't just have time with God. You ready for this? Super deep. Everybody say super deep. Don't just have time with God. Do life with God. Period. That's not real brilliant, I know. (laughs) But just do life with God. Live with an ongoing, unending awareness of God's presence. Just an ongoing, unending. Do you know in the Old Testament in Hebrew, the the, the language um, of, of Hebrew, there's no word for spiritual? Just that concept of spiritual versus Secular or spiritual versus the, 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 you know, the rest of your day, you know. If, if, if somebody would come up to Jesus and, you know, how's your spiritual life, it would be, you mean how's life, right? Like, like how's life? Because, listen, everything is spiritual, right? And so that's what I'm talking about here. Everything is spiritual. In the Old Testament, you had to visit that temple, that place of God. But you're the New Testament temple of God. And so you don't have to go somewhere to be with God. He is always with you. So that means everything is spiritual. So on the ball field, you can be in the presence of God. Whether you're playing ball, young person, or whether you're coaching ball. It's harder if you're coaching ball to be in the presence of God. I get it. I get it. And if you're parents in the stands, I get it. It can be hard. But, man, right there, you can have an awareness of the presence of God. Man, God, you gave me that child. I want to choke that child. <laughs> but you gave me that little one. Man, I don't have many more years. Lord, help me today be the mom I need to be. Help me today be the daddy I need to be. You see how that just turned a baseball game into something spiritual? And kept you from choking the coach or the ref. You're at work, and you can be at work in the presence of God. You know, Lord, I praise you for the finances I'm making. This hour has been the worst hour. You know what? This has been the worst of the last 10 hours. I think this is the hour of money I'm going to give to you. I'm just going to tie this one. Here you go. I make 100 bucks today. I mean, here's 10, God. I just, I want to forget that hour, you know. But turns the hour into something spiritual, you know. Studying for finals, all our young people, and, 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 and our 20-somethings and 30-somethings and 40-somethings, everybody that's taking classes right now, finishing up for the year, studying for final can be something that you can do in the presence of God. So how do we practice his presence? How do we have that day with God? If you're like me, when it comes to that day, I am easily distracted. I have good intentions, but then I'm off on my day, and the next thing I know, I've forgotten to live my day with God. But Ross, you're a pastor. I, I know, but the, you do that too, you know? Next thing you know, you're doing things and your mind's off and you're just, man, a day and a half goes by and you're like, wow, I haven't included you in anything, God. Probably should do that. Especially before I prepare a sermon. But I'll be honest, there's times where, man, Tuesdays are my sermon prep day. Monday's busy with meetings from morning till 9.30 at night. And um, I, I can realize some Tuesday afternoons, oh, my word, I've talked all about you, God, but I haven't experienced you. It's Tuesday afternoon. I haven't even slowed down one little bit. You know? And I, I, I would think if I'm going through that, you're going through that too. So I'll forgive you if you'll forgive me. But we need to press, press forward. Amen? And so that idea of living with God. So you start to practice some, some things that will help you. These habits that will help you discover what is better. And you'll experience, if you do these things, an ongoing, unending relationship with the presence of God. And so I'm going to give you really quick three habits. The first habit. You ready for it? Number one, constant communication with God. Simple. Constant communication with God. In Thessalonians 
5, 16 through 18, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstance, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Pray always. That's that constant communication. And I believe you can develop a habit of that, of constant communication. And you, and you may say, but Ross, I, I can't pray all the time. People will think I'm crazy. You're walking down the street, Lord God, I'll tell you. You'll be like, that's one of those guys, you know. Yeah, yeah, maybe that guy's praying for all you know, so stop being so judgmental. But no, you may not be praying that way, but God, what do you think of this? Lord, I'm struggling with that. God, help me with this. You know, God, is this pleasing to you? Does this frustrate you? Does this quench your spirit, Lord? Is this something that puts fire on what you're doing, God? You know, it's just, it's just a daily moment. Communication. It's not your compartmentalized time in the morning and the rest of the day or the rest of the week or the rest of the month. You just kind of forget about it. No, no. It's just an ongoing awareness that he's always with you, an unending pressing into his presence. Isn't that neat? You know, and you may say, but Ross, I don't think I can do that. Yes, you can. You know how I know you can? Where did my iPhone go? Who has First time in my life, I don't have it on me. I was going to use it for an illustration. Is it in there? in my pocket somewhere there it is my wife's like yeah sure you finally don't have it in your hands <laughs> this right here tells me that you can have this kind of ongoing communication with God do you know why because you have ongoing communication with how many people every day all the time 140 texts or less right you know whether it's Facebook whether it's text whether it's Instagram whether it's it's um the Twitter thing Whatever it is, I don't use that one, but, but whatever it is, you know, and, and just, you know, just so much focus, and man, am I guilty of this? Hush. <laughs> I am, you know, and, um, but the thing is, it's, it's an abiding presence, isn't it? I, I want you to hold your phone in your hand and let this be a reminder. Lord, use this phone, your phone, <laughs> as a reminder of the abiding presence of the Lord, all right? Because just like you're having that ongoing contact with friends, family, associates at work, whatever it is, that mindfulness of God, that's what it means to have a day with the Lord. Amen? Just constant communication with Him. Isn't that neat? And so I am confident that you can do that. Number two, the second habit is to develop this idea of instant obedience to God. And so constant communication, number two, instant obedience to God. Galatians 5.25, if we live by the Spirit, we will also keep in step with the Spirit. So God says, let's do this. All right, let's do that, you know. Here's what's neat about this is, when you're, these flow together. When you're in constant communication, I bet you'll hear some stuff. Go figure, right? I have a better job making Amy happy about life if we're in communication together. And then I know how to keep in step with my girl, you know. And so many times we argue, it's like, I didn't know. How many men, right? Because we're not smart. (laughs) We need help from our wives, you know, just to help us along a little. But if we're in communication... It's easier for me to stay in step with my girl. It just is, you know. Same way with God. So now I'm in communication with God, and he begins to speak something. Maybe it's to pray for somebody. Maybe it's to start something. Maybe it's to stop something. Maybe it's something to like, like, you know what? You need to slow down. How many of you felt the Spirit of the Lord tell you to slow down? You didn't, and you got a speeding ticket. Be honest, anybody. No one? Oh, I have had some Holy Ghost smackdowns 
of speeding tickets to where I knew in my spirit, you are sinning and every angel's jumped off this car. <laughs> but in rebellion, darkness of my heart, you know, I got to get to that hospital. I got to pray for that person before they die. I'm going. God will have to whoop, 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 whoop. Oh, and the person died. No, 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 that's, that's horrible. <laughs> Not in the notes, not in the notes. But I have, I I have a scar on this arm that's about probably 10 inches long because I was dirt biking and the Lord said stop. And I thought one more ride with my guys, you know. And so we left camp and I knew we had ridden for two days and I knew I was tired and the Lord said stop. And I didn't listen and broke myself all up and I still don't, I still can't do, I I messed up my backhand. <laughs> it did. I mean, it just messed. I don't have that, you know. So, so you listen to the Spirit of God, you know. But that's the thing. He'll tell you something, and then keep in step with it. And then the third thing is develop a habit of a daily desperation for God. Just a daily desperation. Remember when I talked about the steak at the beginning, you know. I have a hunger for steak. I have a hunger for things because I have an appetite for things. I put things in my mouth. And when I taste those things, I want to taste those things some more. Amen. And so the Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in the Lord. There's this sense of hunger, this sense of, of just desperation for him, an appetite. And it says, oh, God, in Psalm 63, 1-3, oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Now, hold on. Old Testament, sanctuary, temple, New Testament, abiding presence. Amen? He's with you every day, every moment. I look to you, God. I look to you in the sanctuary, and I behold your power and your glory. You know, you get a touch of the power of God, and you get a touch of his glory. That's his manifest presence. It deals with a whole lot of the stuff you're dealing with, just automatically. The taste you have for the things of the world just start to go, you know. The hunger you have to do the things that Jesus just starts to manifest. It's an appetite that just starts to work itself up in you. And it's because of his steadfast love is better. Shout better. It's better than life. My lips will praise you. When's the last time you felt like that? Where you just longed for his presence. Longed for that touch from him in the temple, you know. And the reason why I think a lot of us don't, myself included at times, is because we lose our appetite for God. We have an appetite for that which we consume. And as we get hungry for the presence of God, as we're mindful of these things, as we've been saying, man, next thing you know, you start to have an appetite. And like the Word says, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of God's glory and grace, you know? You just start to, you just get an appetite for Him and for the things of God. We develop an appetite for the good life is the problem, the good life. When God has something indescribably better for us, let's not satisfy easy, amen? Let's not settle for lesser things. Let's not settle for our ribeye cooked medium rare when the goodness of a ribeye cooked medium is there to offer for you. It's right there. God has something so good. Just trust me on this. But listen, if all we do is seek what the world has, all you're going to desire is what the world gives. It's an appetite issue. 
But if you start to seek God, you're going to develop a daily desperation for Him. And so you can see how these things work together. When you are constantly in communication with God, then you're instantly wanting to obey Him. And that thing comes, that nudge, and you respond to that nudge. And as you respond to that nudge, because you're feeding on His presence, you sense His closeness and His strength to empower you to act based on what He's calling you to do. Not only is he saying keep in step, but I'll empower you to accomplish where I'm walking you into. But that all comes by this daily awareness of the presence of God. That's what it means to have a good day with God. Better is a day with God than a thousand elsewhere. It's in that day that you find his forgiveness. It's in that day that you experience his grace. It's in that day that his mercy will start to unfold for you. It's in that day that you'll sense his presence. It's in that day that you may be frustrated with his sovereignty, but you'll find appreciation for it. It's in that day that his hand, you sense it ever close, strengthening and guiding. Amen? And it's in that day that you'll find your heart saying, I can't settle for anything less because all I want is better. All I want is you. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Can I just be real honest with you? A Christianity that doesn't have that at its focus is so unappealing to me. And I'm not saying if you are a Christian that lives like that, you're unappealing, okay? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying to live a Christian life like that is so unappealing. My ADD will not let me. Because there's just so much stuff. No, I I just want to focus in on you. And the thought that I can focus in on you and you'll show up and you'll guide my steps and you'll empower me and your presence will be there. Oh my goodness, that's a draw. Not that I'm going to come visit you on Sunday and hear a little bit about you on Sunday and then just go about that life. That just has no draw for me at all. Just no draw. And I hope it has no draw for you. It gets real better, real good. It gets real better when you begin to experience those one days with the Lord, you know. And when those one days turn into weeks and those weeks turn into months and those months turn into years and those years turn into heritage lives changed in and through you Mm, so good so not a compartment where we keep God he doesn't like to be kept anyhow so if you'll embrace these habits you will take your good life and you'll make it better amen thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey for more information please check out www dot momentumchurch dot tv